Chapter 2 Moving in Symphony My low fuel light had dinged on a few miles back, and as I scout for a well-lit gas station, I turn off the radio to enjoy a few moments of silence before moving on to the next album. I am passing through Lower Alabama now, around the Troy area, when I decide to make my first pit stop to refill the car and take a much-needed nature break. With the race the following day, I have been steadily drinking water, my bladder is at full capacity. For any race, especially an ultramarathon, hydration is key and I always up my water consumption a day or two before a race to make sure I am fully hydrated. To ensure that I would have enough water for the duration of the drive, I brought along a six-gallon water jug that my wife and I have frequently used on primitive camping trips. I have plenty of water to refill my trusty 32-ounce hydroflask bottle multiple times over. Back in the car, it takes a few moments for the main cabin to get toasty warm again. Sufficiently satisfied with the memory lane that was country music, I turn on the radio once more and enter the next disc. This time, it is the soundtrack to Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. As the opening drum beats of the 20th Century Fox fanfare fill my speakers, my mind is rocketed back to being a kid in 8th grade, listening to the music for the first time. I had rescued the album from a local flea market one weekend and immediately took the album home and gave it a listen, all the way through in one sitting. Utilizing the one radio we had in the house, I remember lying on the floor with my head near the speakers, trying not to disturb the rest of the family. I was riveted by the music itself, pretending as if I were Luke Skywalker, running through the Death Star, trying to escape from the Imperial Stormtroopers, or flying through space in my very own X-Wing Starfighter. Listening to and appreciating the soundtrack was a big moment for me in my life. As the opening, main title, fades into Imperial Attack, my mind sifts through the past, remembering how the album transformed my life. When I had listened to the two-disc album set for the first time, I also read along with the music in the accompanying booklet. The booklet features images from the film, notes from the score's composer John Williams, and has a breakdown of how each song was written, showcasing the intent behind the musical motifs for each character or scene. Listening to the music was fascinating in its own right, but also to read along as each song was playing and see how that song was created was a step above. The soundtrack's composer, John Williams, now famous for all sorts of films from Jaws to Harry Potter, cultivated musical themes for each character, and would use the speed or tempo of the music to contribute to the overall feel of the scene, bellicose music for the action sequences, and deep declamatory notes for the villains. In my mind, I remember thinking, if they took this much time, thought, and effort into the music of the film, how much more did they invest in the sets, special effects, costumes, or dialogue? This thinking pattern really began to help me cultivate a sense of deep appreciation for how people come to create things. For the next several years, I only listened to film soundtracks and instrumental music from things like Indiana Jones or Pirates of the Caribbean to Mozart or Beethoven. As a kid, it was fair to say that I was a nerd. I had a strong sense of ultra-fanaticism. That is, I had a keen affinity regarding imaginary things and a love of history. It all really began when I learned to be able to read and could pick the books I wanted to read. Like many kids, I developed an early love for dinosaurs. I remember there was an old beat-up copy of a dinosaur encyclopedia at our library that was held together by packing tape. What little was left of the original cover was barely legible. I was one of the few people who would check that book out and did so repeatedly. 
I was reading everything I could get my hands on. I checked out books so often that I was asked by the school librarian if I would like to volunteer to help with stocking the bookshelves and cleaning up the library during the occasional weekend. I heartily agreed, despite knowing that I would miss Saturday morning cartoons. From that one dinosaur book, I remember taking copious handwritten notes, quickly learning all the dinosaur names, collecting dinosaur toys, and before long, amassing my own personal collection of dinosaur books. This is my earliest recollection of what happens when I like something. I must know everything about that thing. My early childhood was filled with me bouncing from one intense interest to another. My active imagination running rampant with the likes of dinosaurs, knights and castles, cowboys and Indians, pirates, G.I. Joe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Spy Gear, Pokemon, Digimon, Power Rangers, and many more. In the car, after having listening to the somber French horns of Binary Sunset a couple of times over, I am reminded of how often I would listen to this one song and pretend that I was Luke Skywalker looking off into the sunset, towards endless possibilities, seeking an escape from all I had ever known on the horizon. The call to adventure was strong in me. However, it was a challenge to figure out just what that meant for me. It seemed like in all the movies and comic books that I would read, the protagonist character would have, in some Shakespearean way, greatness thrust upon them, and all they had to do was follow the path before them. While I did not know what the path for me was ultimately, the Star Wars soundtrack did help me to identify one of my greatest aptitudes in life, a joy in learning. By delving deep into a topic and embracing that thing throughout all facets of my life, I learned to truly appreciate a thing for what it was, what it could be, and for what it meant to others. Star Wars gave me a foundation for my life. I would play endlessly with my toys, create secret bases for the good and bad guys, take them to play in the tub, and even sleep with my action figures. I had to protect them from the bad guys. While sitting in class at school, I would often daydream about getting home and putting my action figures up to some new mission. I played solidly with my toys up until about the 10th grade. At school, I always kept this part of my life a secret. My family would mention that I was too old to play with toys, and at times I may have been a bit embarrassed. But I credit these imaginative pursuits with so much as they allowed me to hold on to my imagination for a bit longer. Even now, at 27, well over 10 years removed from when I first played with my action figures, Moments like listening to the Cantina Band can draw me back into feeling that same level of excitement I used to feel when playing with my toys or imagining that I was in some fantasy world. I have a deep level of gratitude for being able to hold on to my childhood for such a long time and the lessons that it was able to teach me. It is enlightening for me to think about how these various fandoms allowed me to grow on my own. The stories that I would read as a kid like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, or even Harry Potter are all based on the fundamental storytelling principles that have existed throughout the beginning of recorded history. My reading of them allowed me to learn about complex subject matters such as war, good and evil, duty, honor, friendship, and love, all through the lenses of my own imagination. My early concepts of right and wrong stem a lot from things like G.I. Joe and Star Wars. I still remember reading the Jedi Code as a young preteen and putting its words up on my wall. These fanaticisms held weight with me in other equally mesmerizing areas and fueled interest in other real-world topics, such as space exploration, martial arts, spying, marine exploration, marine exploration, and getting outdoors to partake in physical activity. Oftentimes, I would wake up early on Saturday mornings and take long walks in the woods or build forts and hideouts with my brother. These were some of my most formative years as a kid, 
and I was able to form a bond with a wilderness and nature that I'm not sure I would have had without the fuel of these science fiction stories providing ample kindling to my fiery imagination. Up until the 8th grade, I had guarded my affinity for these various nerdisms very closely, not wanting to embarrass myself in front of others by admitting that I still play with my toys or was into things like Star Wars. When I was in school, these things were not nearly as cool or mainstream as they are today. Back then, one would run the risk of being picked on or being singled out as a nerd for wearing a nifty graphic t-shirt of your favorite film. It was not until I listened to the Star Wars soundtrack and saw how other people were able to express themselves by pursuing their passions for things that were imaginary that I began to be able to express how I felt on the inside to others outwardly. In the 8th grade, I first started to express my fandom by bringing along Star Wars novels with me to class and reading them during breaks in school. When that was not too widely ridiculed, I began wearing graphic t-shirts that sported various films and science fiction references. Before long, I had developed the reputation of being a Star Wars fan, and I must admit that I enjoyed the relative security of the identity that I had from being identified that way. I was proud to be a nerd, to enjoy what I loved, and not to worry about being picked out for it. My classmates accepted it, and it became second nature to associate me with Star Wars. After listening to The Throne Room, an end title sequence, I pull out a few other film soundtracks that I listened to a lot from that time, such as Indiana Jones, Superman, and Jurassic Park. I feel the calm peace wash over me as I stroke these memories of that time and place them back into my heart. I have been on the road now for over an hour since my last stop, and my legs are starting to get a bit stiff. I shift back and forth in a few minutes in my chair and focus solely on the road ahead for a few minutes. I am barreling north up Highway 231, making good progress towards the next major city on my route, Montgomery, Alabama. My surroundings are still pitch black outside. I glance to my watch, a Garmin Forerunner, my loyal running companion, and a gift given to me by my wife for my birthday a few years back. Checking the time, my wand wanders home to my family. Have my wife and kids started their day, or are they fast asleep in our king-size bed? Although we put our twins to bed in their own room at bedtime, they, in the wee hours of the morning, somehow sneak their way onto our bed and into our arms, while our youngest six-month-old son sleeps with us. When I left home this morning, all three kids and my wife were packed together under the same covers. A peaceful scene indeed. This thought brings me comfort as I look at my watch again to check the current moon phase. As I suspect, it is a new moon, which is something I had not thought about or considered for the race. Potentially, for the first few miles, I could be running in the dark. Great. I can hear my wife's voice now saying, I told you so, as she offered to get me a headlamp for my race a few weeks back. I will make do with what I have. I figure that I can either run with a flashlight on my phone or stay close to someone who has a headlamp if it comes down to it. The thought of not being able to see the trail markers and getting lost somewhere out on the course is enough to send me on a hunt for a good distraction. My eyes peer over once again to my passenger seat to see what the next album in the case is. As soon as I see it, my face erupts with a smile as I recall listening to the American hard rock group Van Halen for the first time.